Hey, hey, thanks for tuning into another episode of Moments with Ndero, where I hope to encourage you, inspire you, and uplift you. I'm excited about today's guest. Um, she's an organizational development expert with a passion for seeing organizations thrive. She's also a certified process and performance professional. Um, she is passionate about women leadership. There's so much I could say about her, but I'm going to give her a chance to tell us more about herself. Welcome, Lillian. Thanks, Mogoni. Thanks for, for having me. Um, I don't know what else you'd want to know because sometimes it's very hard to introduce yourself. <laughs> I find that a bit uh, tough sometimes, uh, not because I'm not aware of what I have done, uh, but sometimes the context uh, defines what you actually share. So it'll be easier if you ask me what you really want to know. So I usually ask my other guests, um, is there something that I don't know about you and you would want to let others know? So for example, for me, I actually sing. I'm a professionally trained singer. Some people don't know that. So something that, you know, someone wouldn't know um, off the bat. Well, this one is not that they do not know it because it's, it's new in my, um, it's a new hat that I'm wearing. I just published my first book. Um, it's called Hearts of Surrender. I've always written since I was a kid, but um, it's, it's like singing. You're never sh quite sure if you're good at singing and you sing in the shower. So a lot of my writing was um, either as a blog or just for myself. But then uh, through a journey of uh, I just, you know, I think just figuring things out, I was able to publish this first book, so that's probably what people might not know. But because I put it out there, those who know me now know. Yeah, fantastic. I'll ask you more about the book as our conversation continues. But there was a book that I asked you to choose that resonates with you in this moment in time. Could you tell us the word and why it resonates with you? Thank you, Marguerite. Um, The word that resonates with me is... Um, and leadership, and, and the simple reason why it's leadership is because actually since I was a kid, there was something that I always wanted to to be was a leader. And at that particular time, it was a leader in uh, politics. Um, surprise, surprise, as a small kid. I remember people have various memories of um, their childhood, but for me, one that really stands out is my teacher handing me the key to, um, I think, the cupboard, uh, sorry, the, uh, his, um, I can't remember, I think it was his, uh, his office, mm -hmm. and me being in charge and, and being also in charge of the class, and it was, it was, it was a beautiful moment, because at that particular time, there were words that he spoke that have never left me. And there were two teachers, uh, one in particular, I remember the name, Mrs. Mkepi, um, almost spoke life of leadership into me. So since then, I've been aware of my passion for leadership, but also held several positions throughout. But I guess as I, get, as I got older and looked at the terrain of politics in our country, um, I got discouraged, discouraged because it's not just leadership, it's uh, the women who get into leadership and the things that they have to endure and sometimes how leadership um, has been painted in this country and and it just doesn't it doesn't sit well for me right now 
But life is about change and, and processing things. I feel um, right now we're at an opportune time to be able to push for women leadership very strongly. I may not have the hunger that I had um, to get into politics um, when I was younger. We always joked with my dad that if there was one person who was going to follow the footsteps, it was me. But right now, I really don't have that hunger. My hunger is more molding and building other women to be able to take up those positions. Um, yeah. I like how you've mentioned that you want to mold other women to be able to take up these positions. What are the one or two fears that hold women back from taking leadership positions? I think if you look at our society, and as is in many societies, um, the, it, it, we live in a very patriarchal environment. So the rules that you have to play by are very male-centered, male right? Mm. And so you find that um, you come late into the game, these rules are as old as Adam, and you're trying to fit in a culture that does not necessarily go with how you are designed. And, and even in terms of um, traits, when you look at women's uh, personalities a lot of the time and how they, they lead and how they, they do things, it's distinctively very different from men. Men are very, very competitive, not that women are not, but a lot of the time we, we would be looking to solve issues together. But you find in an environment that is cutthroat, um, very political, very mucky, very dirty, you, as a woman, you have to think, and especially when you're a mother, uh, I really want to get into this. And sometimes when you get into it, you end up changing because you have to fix the mood of how things are done and how the game is played. So I find that the rules of the game is one of them. But also to the lack of support for women. For the longest time, I know we've heard, um, for as far as I can remember, there was Mandalorian when I working. And right now I know that uh, within Parliament, for example, there is um, a mentorship program for, I think, aspiring women leaders. But the question I always ask is how effective have these programs been when I look around and I'm trying to find where are the women's voices in our society? So certainly there are other um, challenges or other hurdles that may hold women back. And, and, and in regard to that, one of the things that um, my friend and I are looking to do is, you know, do research contextually within the country just to try and understand what are the specific nuances that are holding women back, not just in politics, but in the boardrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listened to a podcast, I think just Carol Sioko, who has been interviewed by Marianne, and she really um, layered, you know, some of those issues in terms of how we show up. But there, I think there are other things that we quite haven't labeled or named, and, and for me that is what is making me curious to want to find out what else is, why exactly um, are women not putting themselves out there as many? And for me it's not just about, um, I remember I was talking to an MP friend of mine and we were saying it's not just about having women representatives and positions, it's do we have the right women in the right space with the capabilities that are needed to be able to push for the right policies and the right changes in society. So I feel there's still a lot more that we need to find out, and that right now is what makes me curious. Yeah, I'm curious as well. You know, I did the Young African Leaders um, Leadership Program 
in 2018, and that's where I met you. And yes, it was a four-week program. And back to your point where you, you, you ask yourself, how come women are not putting themselves out there? Yes, we have this four-week program, and then we step into the world. How come we're not able to you know, utilize or apply what we've learned from a four-week program into our lives or into our businesses or into our career positions? So yeah, so also for me, I'm curious to find out, is it also tied down to mindset? Is it tied down to self-esteem that we're not able to put ourselves out there as women? So then I think that's, I remember um, a couple of weeks ago, I think at the start of COVID, I was talking to a friend of mine and with time to reflect and just doing a bit of research and, and reading, I remember asking myself, you know, um, when I look at my my personality, uh, my ability, and uh, you know, I, I I literally live in the ask that you epitomize a woman that should be influential in society. Why haven't you put yourself out there, regardless of you know where you've been and and, and the you know the, the some of the troubles that life might throw at you? And so for me, that was the beginning of you know the curiosity of why. So. Instead of just going out and, and doing that research, I first had to sit down with me and ask myself, what is it that has held you back? And it was quite interesting, some of the things I'll not share here, but some of the things that came up and you, you, you and, and once I was able to share that with a friend of mine and they asked themselves the same questions and you'll find it, it's the same thing, that those hidden um, sort of nuances that we haven't quite spoken about whether it's um, the story that we tell ourselves, the narrative, the excuses, um, the fears that we allow to hold you know, ourselves back. Um, for me, that, that is something that I would really, I'm excited about the potential of what that can, can, can do in terms of um, research. Okay. There's someone listening to this and they are wondering, what questions can I ask myself to find out what's holding me back? Would you share some questions that they can take themselves through to figure out what's holding them back? So it will be, it'll, I think it will be different for uh, different people. So whereas I wouldn't, for example, ask for this question for me, someone should ask themselves if there was an opportunity that came up in the office, why didn't I apply for that opportunity? What is it that made me hold back? Yet when you look at um, the requirements, um, you actually check a lot of it. Or why is it that when someone pointed out that I think you can actually do this, the feeling in my stomach was like, hey, no, I can't do it. So it's, it's self-reflection. It's, it's not just specific questions that you ask yourself. It's self-reflecting in different scenarios. If you can remember, for example, the latest scenario where there was an opportunity to put yourself out there and you did, and you use deductive reasoning and you reflect and you ask yourself why, 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 it begins to open you up to things that you might not necessarily have seen, known, or confronted before. So it's it's case in point, yesterday there was a situation in the office, you, you reflect on that and you ask yourself, okay, why did that feeling come up when that was said or why did I not? And when you keep asking yourself why, why, you begin to sort of get to the root of it. And that's the process I'm using. So it can be different scenarios. It can be different questions. 
but it would actually help if it's context-specific, um, looking to how you responded to something than just asking questions in the air. Those are good points, asking ourselves why, why, and why. And it also places you in a place of um, intentionality. So whatever yes. you're looking at and whatever you pursue now is from a place from intention and from a place of wanting to do better and to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. So tying that with your book, The Heart of Surrender, mm -hmm. why did you put yourself out there this time? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I can tell you the truth. When I started writing that book, I did not plan to write it, actually. It just unfolded. Um, and it unfolded in, in the most interesting manner. And, and this one, um, I know I'm, I'm putting myself out there, but there was so much that I was going through. But in addition to that, there was a lot that my friends were going through, my female friends were going through. And I remember, I'm very, for me, I'm very spiritual. God is, is, is core to who I am. And so I remember having conversations with God um, as far as where I found myself, there were things that I would look at and I'm thinking this where I would want to be and I'm not there. Mm. And in that process and also seeing my friends, my female friends go through very difficult situations, whether it was in their marriages or in their own relationships or just by themselves and sometimes the choices that we make, it, it was, it, it unfolded, it unfolded as a story because sometimes you want to you want to see, okay, if you put all these characters in one, the situations in one character, how would that character actually um, go through life like this? Mm -hmm. But it was also um, a conversation, it, it was conversations with God and, and, and you know, putting it in the story and saying, okay. And then there was also just the things that I was learning at that moment as far as my relationship with God is concerned. And trying, and, and when I came out of it, and, and almost you find a secret um, recipe, you want to share it to the rest of the world. So I, you, you can't just say it, you put it in the form of a story. But secondly, the thing I love about storytelling is it brings in a lot of different semantic issues that can be discussed linking to um, an, a story, right? Mm -hmm. which can bring out intersectional issues that sometimes are not very obvious to the eye. The thing I love about Hatha Surrender is for the person who will read it without necessarily just reading the story and, and you're thinking and you're questioning as you're reading, there are very many themes that come out that are quite interesting in terms of how society uh, place, uh, places um, the pressure on women and how we solve for where we think we are and the things that we pursue and, and what generally the meaning of life is. So for me, it was, it, it came out of a process, let me say that. Mm. And I like that word process. <laughs> you know, process can be tough because we look at someone else and we think their life is easier than ours and we start mm -hmm. resenting our process. So mm -hmm. to someone who's out there resenting the process of their life, how would you let them know that it's all about surrendering and just embracing the process that they find themselves in? That's a good question. Um, myself, I'm still learning. Um, and, and you realize it's an everyday journey. Uh, sometimes we pursue things, and then when you get there, you're like, okay, what's this it? <laughs> um, you get into situations, whether it's at work or in the 
that process when you understand that you're not your own person and that ultimately for that journey to make sense and to become lighter, you have to surrender to a greater, um, uh, you know, power and from the that is God. So it's, it's, it's waking up each day and knowing, okay, I don't know what I might face today, but I let, I let go. And, and it's not easy sometimes because as human beings, I think, Control is, is, is at the core of who we are, just wanting to control situations. But it's even worse when it's such of your personality traits, you know. Mm. So it's something that you have to unlearn. But the beauty about a process that you go through consciously, unlike one that you go through subconsciously, is that you're, made, you're able to make those deliberate choices and you're open to the changes. You can actually see it. You can see it. And when you begin to see it through your process and you celebrate it and you own it, you want more of it because you're becoming, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the beauty of surrender for me. There's a vulnerability there that I did not know, but within it, you actually find a strength that is beautiful. So for, for a lot of us who might be going through things that um, don't make sense, Trying to forget things and signs out doesn't even help. It's, it's a place of God. Okay, I'm here. I have no clue of what is going on, but I'm letting go and I'm looking for you to guide me through this process. And then watching with a curious heart and, and, and just allowing yourself to go through those motions, but consciously and making the choices as you go through them. Lovely. I like how you say it's... Um a conversation that you have with God and, you know, having a curious heart because he's such a God of mystery that sometimes mm-hmm. we miss the fact that because of his grandeur and his um, omnipresence and him being, an, you know, the God of all gods, the King of kings, that sometimes mm-hmm. we miss him because we put him in a box. And tying back to your earlier word of leadership, as, a, as leaders, Sometimes we get caught up in our own way because we have people around us praising us, people following us, people applauding us. How would you tie in faith and relationship with God with leadership? Oh, that's such a fantastic question. Um, if, if there was a time that I think we needed such leaders, is actually now. I was sharing with a friend of mine um, the other day and I think I also mentioned to you um, when you were talking earlier before the podcast, I think a couple of days ago, that when I was younger, um, in my early 20s, our leaders respected, there was some form of respect in society. There's a way our moral values had not uh, fallen to such a level that they have today, that we forget when we speak as leaders, we're not just speaking um, with, uh, because we are pushing for X to be done. But there are young kids, there are young people that are looking up to us and that our words have power. And we forget that very quickly. We forget that words have consequences. We forget that when, when you're a leader, you have a responsibility to speak life and not to speak things that would you know, um, affect generations to come. I, I see what is currently happening, you know, right now in our political environment, and it's sad. Whichever way you look at it, you know, we like pretending when one says something so, you know, bad that that is the end of the world. But it speaks to the how 
the moral side of the side of our society has deteriorated. But coming back to your question around how as a leader you tie faith and, and, and leadership, one of the things that I like about as a gentleman I listen to, and one of the things that he really reiterates and he says that though he is he has the fame that he has, he always has to remind himself when he goes to his secret place that it has nothing to do with him, that that is that is what they see. But when he goes back into his secret place to seek for that grace, for that wisdom, for that guidance, he has to remember that he has to go back to God with nothing, with those without those titles. It takes a great person, a great leader to recognize that that is just a title and it's keeping. And that when you are alone with God and you surrender everything, for him to, to build you up again, you know, that is the most um, critical thing, that you don't take your position into that place with God. You go and you surrender everything. And like, I'm not coming as, you know, leader X. I'm coming as me and I need you. And I recognize that without you, I cannot do it. Right now in society, we are very boisterous. Um, we are very... Uh, focus on the people that seemingly are self-made and, and there is no God in it. And not nice and dandy for them, but the reality is they're not all, you know, our own. So for leaders, for leaders who are able to blend the journey of leadership with God and with faith, they can bring such shift in society because they become a representation or they give God an opportunity to be able to express things that he probably um, would love to, but hasn't found the people. But on the same side, on the other side, like what you said, we like putting God in a box. The beauty about him, he can use the very same people that are seemingly talking, you know, what you don't want them to talk. And there isn't that, you know, what God cannot use. But ultimately, we have the responsibility to be able to. To, to speak right and to do right, because they're those that are looking up to us, especially our young children. Lovely. Now, tying to your younger self, when you say that there are young people looking up to us, what would you tell your younger self or the young person out there about leadership, about faith, and about the journey of surrender? So I don't know if I can speak to my younger self because my younger self was more bold and audacious than my current self. Okay. My current self is more centered, more grounded. Uh, the younger me was more daring and, and had a bit more energy and recklessness in the sense that there wasn't, there wasn't um, not recklessness in our sense, but there wasn't anything that would hold her back. And I love that energy about her. And perhaps that is where... I would point um, the younger people that when you're when you're young and you have, I, I mean, I'm in my 30s, mid 30s, doesn't make me old, but there is a beauty about being in your teens and early 20s. Um, and one of the things that I was very um, lucky to have or really benefited me was strong strong women and men around me. And so with that, I never, I was, I was fearless and there was a beauty in that. But society has changed right now. When you look at what social media has done, our minds and our friends are more focused on how to look, how to present ourselves, how to show up. Um, 
more than really the authenticity of doing your inner work and, and, and you know and pushing for, for things differently. Now people just want quick quick things. You know, you want to get you want to live in a nice environment. Now you've not worked for it. You know, you want to drive those nice cars right now you haven't worked for it. But I think when I look at our young people and considering when we look at the African continent, we have um a huge population of young people there are opportunities that come with us that we need to harness. We just need to find the right people that then would be the right young people who would be models, who would be willing to pay the price, um, especially the price of leadership. So for me, it's, it's to tell them they're willing to pay the price. They're willing to pay the price. It's easy to look at what glitters, but sometimes what glitters is not gold. It's, it's, it's walk your journey authentically. There's more fulfillment is there. What is always interesting is nobody ever knows any other person's story until probably it comes out and you're like, wow, is that what they had to go through to get to where they are? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's, people do crazy things, you know, to live the lives that they are living. It's be authentic. Be, do you, mm-hmm. you know, desire, desire to, to see what exactly you're made of and for you to know what you're made of, the substance that you're made of, you've got to allow life to peel you like an onion. It cannot be that, you know, you you, you just suddenly landed and, and you know you have all these things. Allow yourself to be peeled, um and, and, and allow those layers to come out because there is there is beauty in that and, and live yes life to the fullest. But be you, you know, be be authentic, be you because again there is what God has put in you that the world needs to see. And if you do not put the time and effort to know it and to bring it out, then you also equally deny the world to see what you could have done. Powerful, powerful words. And I'd like to bring our conversation at that high point um, that you've said that God has placed something in us and it would be a disservice if we don't bring it out and give it to the world. So in closing, what would you like someone to know that you haven't touched upon or just to encourage them on this journey of life? Well, one of the things that I have learned over and over and I keep learning is um, sometimes we run to the external to to find comfort, to, to, to sort of um, either be energized or to regroup or to rethink. But there is, there is strength and beauty in sitting alone and in reflecting, reflecting in choices, reflecting in vision in terms of where you're going, reflecting in your goals. And, and perhaps because for me the eagle is the most beautiful uh, bird and, and for me the symbol for success um, for me. The eagle is, is a bird that when it wants to you know, when, when it, it wants to uh, regenerate, it goes to the highest mountain top and sits alone and, you know, plucks its feathers completely, removes everything, and then allows allows itself to grow those feathers back again. It's a painful process, it's, got a, it's a tough process, I can imagine. But there are only two options. It either does that or it dies. And when I look at, when I look at, where we are today in the world and everything that is going on, there's so much shouting externally. There's such there's such a grace and such importance for us to 
to take time out and sit by ourselves and sit with ourselves and just reflect, reflect on who you are and what you're giving out and, and what you're putting out and what your goals are and what your vision is. Your relationship, just basically going back to, are you bringing your true self to the table? And and that allows you to be able to identify opportunities, identify areas of growth, identify areas of strength, identify what more that you can do. I keep saying that we're in an environment where you can wear 10 hats at the same time in terms of gigs and things that you can do. And and COVID has brought that out um, in a lot of us. So it's it's let's 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 be those people who are willing to sit by ourselves because for I know. Many people don't like hearing their own voices or speaking by themselves. But there is beauty in silence. It um it unearths a lot of what we need to deal with at a very individual level, but it also shows us opportunities for growth that we need to then pursue. And my prayer is that um for a lot of young people out there, um, to be to be willing to do that, to be willing to to reflect and to ask themselves, where am I in the journey of life and what am I doing right, what am I not doing right? And there's always room to turn and, and, and make those shifts as, as we need to, you know, to make them. So that would be my, my one piece of, of advice right now at this time. Fantastic. How can people reach you? How can people get access to your book? Um, thanks, Mozani. My book is on Amazon right now, um, Heart of Surrender. And in terms of reaching me, I'm on Facebook, I'm on um, Instagram, not quite active. I was out of social media for a while, but just coming back. But in terms of um, email, it's bukonkodosibori at gmail.com. And um, I'll be making the, um, right now we are working on the hard copies, and it should be out probably in October um, in the bookshops or directly on my website. Awesome. I wish you all the best. Um, this journey of life is not easy, but as you said, when we sit with ourselves and figure out what we need to work on, it becomes a curious journey, a journey of unfolding. Thank you so much, and may God bless you. Bless you too, my dear, and thank you for having me. I wish you all the best. All righty. Thank you. And for all those who are listening, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.